Welcome to this companion episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sohesian. Since my diagnosis of multiple sclerosis in 2015, I've learned that having a supportive community of like-minded people helps motivate me to live my best life. In these shorter companion episodes, I talk with both autoimmune warriors and healthcare professionals who share their best tips that will help us thrive. Sleep is so important for everyone. This is a time when your body has a chance to recover from the day. Well, fatigue caused by an autoimmune disease goes far beyond tired. We're going to talk today about extreme exhaustion with Dr. Gretchen Holly, physical therapist extraordinaire. Let's chat it up with Dr. Gretchen. Hi, Dr. Gretchen. Welcome back to our thriving community. Thanks for being here again with us. Of course. Thanks for having me back. Yay. I'm so excited. Our first um, session together, we talked about vertigo. Um, and this time we're going to move into a little bit of a different um, opportunity to chat about some other things that affect us as MSers. Um, before we get into that, I wanted to uh, mention you brought this up um, in our last show that are you from Buffalo, New York? Is that accurate? Yes, I am. I lived a lot of my life in Utica and went to school in Potsdam, New York. And so I am very familiar with those very cold winters you have there. Yeah. You know, not many people know this area. They'll know it's cold, but they're not actually, they haven't been here. So anytime someone says that they've been nearby, I get so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And so I live in Orlando now, and so finding fellow MSers here is a much less frequent occurrence as I would up north um, because of the population density, I guess, in Buffalo specifically is much higher than it would be down here in a southern um, state. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you're surrounded by us people and we appreciate your support and help. So let's get into our um, conversation about how you um, as an MS specialist support our community. I know you have, as you mentioned in our last podcast, a five day MS strength challenge um, and there's different components to that. So um, can you talk to us about one in particular um, that might um, be of interest to us MSers? Yeah, so the five-day strength challenge is meant to be obviously just a a quick five-day challenge to help people not only learn about the proper exercises they should be doing based on whatever functional goals they're working towards, but also to stay consistent with it. I don't know about you, but in the past, I've been set up with a a great program that I'm excited to do for exercise, but then I just don't stay consistent. So I'm a huge advocate for really helping my clients figure out their why. Why do you want to do this? And what's the deepest meaning that we can get to? Because if you know that, you're so much more likely to stay consistent and accountable over time. 
But so, yeah, we focus on, on a whole bunch of different uh, areas in those five days. But the one that I'm most passionate about are what I call the exercise parameters, which is basically teaching exactly how you should be doing your exercises. So how many reps and sets should you be doing? Should they be functional exercise? What is a functional exercise? Because there's a different way. And as I mentioned in my uh, last chat with you, orthopedic physical therapy and personal training and regular exercises are very different than MS-specific exercises. And some of the exercises might actually be similar, but you should be doing them in a different way or a different mindset. One of which being you should never push into fatigue because that's likely going to result in poor quality. And if you have poor quality, you're just creating those neural pathways from your brain to your muscle so that that poor quality will now be your new normal. So proper and good quality is essential and learning the other strategies I think is just a must for when you're working on functional goals like walking, stair climbing, transferring, getting in and out of your car or in and out of your bed. So I, I share a lot of tips in there. One tip per day. So it, it seems more manageable. Wow. Wow. That is wonderful. I know um, you mentioned a couple things in there. First off is the consistency component. And it sounds like um, because you're laying out those five over time and um, doing it incrementally for people, I'm sure that helps them with that consistency component. Yeah, absolutely. And I made a tracker that comes with a challenge which is meant to be used so that you can write down your notes. And I have a, a small homework assignment at the end of each day for those that choose to do it. And fortunately, most do, because then once the five-day challenge is done, you now have a plan. If you just look at your tracker, you know which exercises you're going to do. You know your why. You have a plan to stay accountable. So it's a really helpful tool to help you stay motivated even after the five days is up. And, and each of those five videos is, I think the longest one is maybe 10 minutes. So it's not meant to take up much of your day. It's just, look, here's the nitty gritty details that you need to know. Let's figure out a plan for you. And then we'll move on to the next day. I love that. A hundred percent. I'm in. Okay. So what <laughs> level of need, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, would you need, would, should you be in to look into this five-day challenge? Like, is it for people that are really struggling with mobility, um, fatigue? Is it people for, tell us more about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it truly can be for anyone based on whatever your goals are. So you might have a goal of walking better or maybe you're in a wheelchair and you don't really have a goal of walking better, but you want to improve your energy. There, a lot of people don't understand that you can actually exercise to improve your fatigue, even if you have the type of fatigue where it's just, it's called primary fatigue, where there's no reason for it. You're just wiped out. So, I, I mean, I hate being that broad, but I think anyone with MS can at least pick up, you know, two or three nuggets that can really help them on their journey with MS, regardless of what their goal is. I just had a member actually, um, I think this maybe a month ago, she was using a scooter for, I think, at least a year, if not two or three years. And she did the five-day challenge. And just from those five days, she learned the exercises that she needed to do. 
in order to walk better. And within those five days, she emailed me and she said that she was up and taking a few steps and she hadn't done that in years. So, you know, it's, it's so varied and there's, there's something for everyone in there, even if each day isn't there's, I truly believe everyone can get value from it. You mentioned that, I, well, first of all, my mind's blown that exercise can help me with my fatigue, <laughs> honestly, um, because I really didn't think that there was anything out there except possibly a medication maybe um, that you could take that would improve that just because it's such an innate thing with the MS. But you mentioned um, there are different types of fatigue. Um, you said primary. What other types are there? Yeah, so there's two types. There's primary and secondary. Primary fatigue is the type where your fatigue is caused from MS alone. So you didn't, let's see, you you got a good night's sleep. You didn't overexercise. You aren't stressed. Like there's no reason that you can think of that you would be fatigued, but you are exhausted. And that's primary fatigue. Secondary fatigue means it's not caused from the MS. There's a reason for it. You did overdo it. You were out late. You aren't hydrated. You did uh, um, too much exercise. You didn't get enough sleep, that type of thing. So there's a reason for it. And that's another thing where it's really important if you do suffer from fatigue to talk about it to your doctors, whether it's your neurologist or your PT or OT or anyone, because the treatment is different based on if it's primary or secondary. But regardless, Research has been showing in the last few years that light to moderate exercise can help with both types of fatigue and that light exercise can be done in bed or on your couch. So you don't even need to get up and go to the gym or get up and put your workout clothes on or, or anything like that. It's just these light, simple movements. I know when I um, feel it coming on, I don't want to change or do much of anything. And so that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, so I, when I sleep, I wear this very sexy mask over my mouth because I have sleep apnea. And so when I don't wear it, like I went away this weekend and I didn't bring my machine, which is a major mistake for me. Um, when I don't wear it, I'm yawning all day long. So I totally can feel, I felt both types, but I didn't realize that there were, you know, different kinds. Yes. Yeah. And it's important too, because if it's primary fatigue, you likely will need a medication for it if it's intense. Whereas secondary fatigue, they should not be giving you a medication for that. That means we need to modify something that you're doing. And another thing I We'll try to not get on a soapbox. I could talk for a long time about this, but heat intolerance is something that can cause fatigue as well. And a lot of people think that heat intolerance is just when their symptoms worsen when they're outside on a hot day or taking a shower that's too warm. But heat intolerance is anything that allows your core temperature to rise by only half of a degree or more. And that half of a degree or more change can make some of your symptoms come on. And exercise and stress are things that make your core temperature rise. So you might be having fatigue because of the exercise that you did. Even if it didn't feel like your muscles overdid it, your core temperature may have just risen. Or if you're stressed, that also makes your core temperature rise. So there are lots of things away from 
the temperature outside or the temperature of your shower that can cause things like fatigue or more excessive foot drop or vision changes or any symptoms that you've had. Dr. Gretchen, you are speaking my language. And I really am going to force my family to listen to this because they don't understand how, like, I get hot, right? But, like, last the, this weekend, I actually um, went to an event. And in an hour, we walked five or 5,700 steps in an hour. And for me, that's a lot. And um, of course, my core temperature is rising, right? So yesterday was pretty difficult for me. Um, mentally, I wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it affects me in that type of way. But the fatigue, I can't express to you how tired I was. And mm-hmm. so um, I can super relate to what you're saying. And I'm sure a bunch of our listeners can too. I really want to thank you for being here again with us to share these amazing tips and get to know you a little bit more. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. How can we find you? I am over on Instagram as Dr. Gretchen. I also have a Facebook page, Dr. Gretchen Holly, and YouTube where I share a bunch of exercises and other MS strategies. And my handle there is also Dr. Gretchen Holly. And then my website is missinglink.com. I'm so glad you're sharing with us those um those places because I know our listeners will head on over there to see what else, um, what other good tips you have to offer. Thanks again for being here and keep thriving. Thank you, you too. Thank you for joining me for this companion episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and not meant to be medical advice. Should you have medical questions, please contact your healthcare provider. Join me next time on another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast.